Good morning to those of you who are joining us online. Rakshi Live. So we are going to start this morning. If you don't mind standing to your feet with me this morning. I'm just going to read to you from Proverbs 2. And then we're going to get started this morning. We're going to pray. How are you this morning? Are you well? Do me a favor, actually, before we do this. Just greet somebody around you. Shake somebody's hand. Give somebody a hug. Whatever you're comfortable with this morning. If you're at home, tap yourself on the back and say, hi, self. (laughs) Awesome. Just greet someone. We're going to get started this morning. It's great to see you this morning. I'm going to read to you out of Proverbs 2. It says this, my son, if you receive my words, everybody say if. If you receive my words and treasure up my commandments within, with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if, everybody say if. If you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding. If, everybody say if. If you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the path of justice and watching over the ways of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity in every good path. For wisdom will come to your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you, delivering you from the, the path, from the way of the evil, from men of perverse speech who far forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness everybody say if so the bible says if we if we treasure the word of god his commandments if we call out one other translation says cry out for insight seek for discernment if we treasure it like hidden treasure then we will understand the fear of the lord and the knowledge of god I want to pray for you this morning as we begin. Father, we thank you this morning in response to Proverbs 2. Father, we search out, we cry out, Father, for wisdom. We treasure your word in our hearts. Father, we search for wisdom like searching for a treasure. And we, Father, we thank you that your word says then and only then will we understand the fear of the Lord and the knowledge of who you are. So, Father, this morning as we gather here, Father, we cry it loud. We come to you this morning and we say, God, we desire that you would inhabit our praises this morning. Father, we desire this morning that you would make yourself known to us in a a profound way this morning. Father, it is our delight to offer you up thanksgiving and praise. In fact, we enter into your courts with thanksgiving this morning. Father, we come in with a sound of praise. We thank you that this is the day that you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. So, Father, I pray for every heart that is here, all those that are on their way, all those that are tuning in from home. Father, I pray that today would be a day where you grow us up, Father, in worship, where you draw us near to your heart and where we see you rightly. And we thank you for that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 (laughs) Who's ready to worship the Lord this morning? Yeah. We want to offer up a, like a, Samuel's been talking to us as a group about offering up um, a sacrifice of praise. 
right? That we would, we would offer up to God something that is meaningful, something that would cost us something. And so as we, as we jump in this morning, we still got 25 minutes, it's still morning. Um, we want to do that, right? No matter how you've come in this morning, we are offering up God our best. Amen? And the first song that we want to start with, it, it is, it's trading my sorrows, right? That God, this year, this 2023, the Lord has an invitation for every single one of us. An invitation to taste and to see of his goodness, to experience his faithfulness. And for some of us, in order to step into that, we have to lay things down. Right? We have to lay down our burdens, right? And so um, this morning, that's what, that's what our, our proclamation to God is. We're saying, Lord, we are trading our sorrows. We're trading our pain. We're trading our shame because you have joy for us. Amen? Right? That this morning, that's what God has to offer us. As we give him our praise, he is giving us joy. And how many of you guys need the joy of the Lord? The word says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So if you've come in today feeling weak, Perhaps you need the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. And he gives it to us freely. And so we want to offer up a sacrifice of praise. Who's ready to offer up a sacrifice of praise to God? Amen? Yeah, he's so worthy. He is so worthy. Can we even just with our mouths just proclaim, God, you are worthy. You are worthy, God. You are worthy. And we come before you today, God, to give you our sorrow, to give you our pain to give you our sickness, to give you our shame, and to take the joy, the joy that you so freely give us, Lord. I'm laying 
to me You have turned my morning into dancing Put off my rags and clothe me with gladness And I will rise and I will praise you I'll sing and I'll be silent Oh Lord, my God I will give thanks to you forever Oh Lord, my God I will give thanks to you Oh Lord, my God I will give thanks to you That the Lord is good Oh, taste and see That the Lord is good Oh, taste, oh, taste and see That the Lord is good Oh, taste and see That the Lord is good to me You would turn my morning into dancing, put off my rags and clothe me with gladness, and I will rise and I will praise you. I'll sing and not be silent. You will turn my morning into dancing, put off my rags and clothe me with gladness, and I will rise. And I will praise you. I'll sing and not be silent.
We're singing about God turning our mourning into dancing. That means that every person in this room, every person online has a testimony of the goodness and the faithfulness of God, amen? So what I need you to do is I need you to turn to the person around you and share that testimony. What is the time that the Lord has turned your mourning into dancing? Why are you going to thank him forever and ever and ever? Guys, our faith is stirred as we remember. As we remember the goodness of the Lord, it gives us faith to believe him for the things that we're standing on. And so this isn't just an activity, this is a prophetic stance that we're making right now. That as you turn to the person beside you, proclaim, testify, this is why God's good. This is when I was in mourning and he turned into dancing. Can you guys do that? Just turn to the people beside you and share that. We celebrate what you've done, God. 
How are you this morning? Are you excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amazing. Well, this is our third Sunday in our prayer and fasting and seeking the Lord. And this Sunday in particular is going to be a little bit different. Turn to somebody and say, it's going to be different. Turn to somebody else and say, but you're going to be okay. <laughs> we're going we're gonna, to, this Sunday specifically focused on waiting on the Lord. We're going to get back into worship. We're going to get back into prayer. We're going to do all of that. But for a moment, here's what I want you to do. I want you to grab your seat for a moment. Some of you like, but I came to worship. Don't worry about it. We're, gonna, we're, we're here. We're here to worship the Lord. I want to encourage you in the house this morning. Senior highs, I'm going to let you go in about five minutes or so to your class. But we are going to jump back in a time of worship, a time of praise, and a time of searching for the Lord and seeking for the Lord. I wanted to, I, I was praying for you guys this week as we knew this particular Sunday was going to be a little bit different. And the Lord brought me back to a word that God had given our house. In fact, I feel like every single time we have a prophet in our house, they prophesy the same thing over and over and over again. And it was that the Lord was calling us as, as a people to be both a house of prayer and a house of worship that the Lord had something distinctive for our church in the area of worship and prayer. For many of you, you're familiar with IHOP, you're familiar with Houses of Prayer, you're familiar with, you know, David and 33 years of, of people that worshiped God continuously day and night and night and day. In the spirit of the House of Prayer, God has marked us as Toronto City Church to be a house of worship and a house of prayer. There are many other things that we'll, we will become, but that is a distinctive mark on us. How do I know this? This is an area that we are consistently contending for. This is an area where we're contending for musicians. We're contending for people to stand in the place of intercession. It is the battleground for our church. Is that can we see the Lord come and do something in our midst in which there, he raises up intercessors and people that will pray, people that will contend, people that will go before what God wants to do here. Here's the other word, to bring about a historical, historic revival in our midst. So how many people know that doesn't just happen because you come to church? God has made us to be a people for himself. And it's interesting when we study the scriptures in the Old Testament context, when we look at the Levites, when we looked at those that had to sacrifice lambs, un, you know, unblemished, had to go about, you know, in the book of Exodus, it talks about that, how they had to stand before God to atone for the people, to bring Israel into the presence of God, that they had to do these sacrifices. We look at that, that, that continuous sacrifice, you know, it's like the bleeding sheep. It's like they were constantly having to go before God to atone for the people. And we know this, that in the New Testament, Jesus made his, his body shed on the cross. His body that hung was the ultimate sacrifice. That is what has brought us into relationship with God. And because of that, we draw near to him. And it's interesting, in Hebrews 13, it says this. For the high priest carries the blood of animals into the holiest chamber as a sacrifice for sin then burns the bodies of the animals 
outside the city. And Jesus, our sin sacrifice, also suffered death outside the city, our, our outside of the city walls to make us holy by his own blood. For we have no city here on earth to be our permanent home. Tell somebody, this ain't your permanent home. Say it like that. This ain't your permanent home. But we seek the city that is destined to come. Catch this. So we no longer offer up a steady stream of, a blood, sac of blood sacrifices, but through Jesus, we will offer up to God a steady stream of praise sacrifices. These are the lambs we offer from our lips that celebrate his name. So as a result of the cross, no longer are we sacrificing on these mountains and lambs and all of this. Because of his ultimate sacrifice, we are sacrificed to him is the fruit of our lips, giving him thanks. I said it last week that our number one duty, our priestly duty in the New Testament is to keep our hearts innocent, alive and abiding in the steadfast love of God that was demonstrated on the cross. That is your priestly duty. That is the new covenant priestly duty is to offer your life as an offering to God. To say thank you for the sacrifice that he has given and demonstrated on the cross. Once again, this is our one job. Don't make, don't make no mistake. You have your job. You go about your work. Some of you are bankers, lawyers, whatever the case may be. But your one job in seeking the Lord, your one job before God is to seek him and to develop and cultivate an ongoing lifestyle of worship. How many people know that worship didn't just begin in, I think it's Genesis 22 with Abraham where the Bible says Abraham looked to his servants and said, y'all stay right here. Me and the boy are going to go up the hill and we are going to worship God. Many people say that that's the first part in the, in the Old Testament where we see that worship, that word worship, it means Shabbat and it means to bow low. They went to go bow low before God. Worship started in the Garden of, e of Eden with Adam and Eve where they wholeheartedly before they fell followed after God's plan. So for us, what is this thing of worship? Because as we talk about the pursuit of the knowledge of God and the fear of the Lord, it starts with worship, this ultimate surrender of your life to God, whether it is in the corporate setting with song and dance, or whether it is driving down the 401 and people are irritating you because the traffic is backed up talking about a lifestyle of worship this is the place where we see God number one and we agree with God number two because we can worship the Lord our God we can go there we can see him oh he's high and lifted up but if we don't agree with that and our hearts don't connect with that then are we truly worshiping in fact Worship stems from the place where we remember. You know, every, it's like, it's interesting. Every, every time that we do communion, we are remembering his covenant to us, his love for us. And in return, we offer all of who we are to him. In fact, I feel like we're coming to a season as households, take communion daily because it keeps fresh in your memory what God has done for you. And there you worship. It's our response to say thank you to God. Romans 12 verse one says this, therefore I urge you brothers and sisters by the mercies of God to present your bodies 
dedicating all of yourselves set apart as living sacrifice, a living sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, logical, and intelligent act of worship. Your act of worship is to present your body, to present all of who you are, your whole entire being before the Lord. That's your act of worship. That's your sacrifice. It's the place where we bow low. It's the place where we lose ourselves in him. So contrary to popular belief, worship is not about what hottest Maverick song is on the playlist. It's not about Christian karaoke. It's not about just feeling good. It's actually ministering to the Lord out of a revelation that you see him, that you agree with him, and you're thankful for the sacrifice that he did for you. It says this in Psalm 100, verse 3 to 5. And we realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping the Lord our God, for he is our creator. Turn to someone and say, he is our creator. And we belong to him. We are the people of his pleasure. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. This is because of the blood. Come bring your thank offering, not your criticism about what song we're singing, not your bad day, not your attitude, but your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For the Lord is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you. He's so kind that it will astound you. Listen to those words, amaze, astound. And he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. He is famous. That's where he gets his fame. His fame is found in his faithfulness to all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted for he keeps his promises to every generation. Praise God for that. That when I'm dead and long and gone, that he will keep his promise to my children and their children. It's wholehearted. It's interesting. He made a room for us to draw close to him. And we have an invitation every single day that we choose him and we gather in the context of a worship musical service to draw near to him and to make room for him. He made room for you, now we make room for him. Couple things about this, and then we're gonna go back into a time of worship. Number one, we must recognize who we worship. We need to know who we worship. Can you see him? I said it before, worship is the place where we see him and we agree with him. Can you see God? Or do you worship in your heart? The Bible says that many worship, many worship with their mouths, but their hearts are far from there. There's no attachment to what you see in God. Isaiah said it in Isaiah 6. He said it this way. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon the throne. Just close your eyes for a second. Woo. The Lord was sitting upon the throne. The Amplified says in a vision, he saw the Lord sitting upon the throne. He was high and lifted up. Because that's the thing about worship. You've got to believe that he is bigger and he is greater. 
He is bigger than you. He is greater than you. He is high and lifted up. The Bible says, in the train of his robe filled the temple. And above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two covered his face. And with two he covered his feet. And with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Can you see him? The Bible says the whole earth is full of his glory. That means when we touch him in the realm of the spirit, when we look to see him, he can be found. He is a God that can be found. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. And I said, woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell amongst the people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. He has to be seen in the context of worship. It's interesting. I'll say this. One of the, one of the greatest attributes of God that I absolutely love is his mercy. He's merciful. He's merciful. When he looks at me, he sees, he sees me with eyes of mercy. That means he's actively compassionate. That means his compassion for you and me does not run out. That means whether you suck today, you feel like you suck today, you botched things today, you, you, you were great today, you nailed all your disciplines, all your habits, whatever. Whatever day he sees you, he has active, active compassion for you. And he's not moody in his compassion. He's merciful every single day. Mercy. In fact, it's quite interesting. We attribute mercy to the New Testament because of the covenant. But mercy, the mercy of God is spoken of four times more in the Old Testament. That he desires to judge with mercy. We judge by our own flesh. We're the critic. But heaven... And the perspective of God doesn't sit and criticize you every single day. A.W. Tozer gave this definition of mercy. He says, it's an attribute of God, an infinite and inexhaustible, inexhaustible energy within the divine nature, which deposes God to be actively compassionate. It's who he is. He does not give up on you like other people give up on you. So when you worship him, do you see his eyes of mercy? Do you hear his voice that says, I love you? Charles Wesley said this. I think the quote, you can probably throw it up there. He said, arise, my soul, arise. Shake off thy guilty fears. The bleeding sacrifice in my behalf appears. Before the throne, my surety stands. My name is written on his hands my God is reconciled his pardoning voice I hear he owns me for his child I can no longer fear with confidence I now draw nigh and father Abba father I cry that is the mercy of God towards you so in the context of worship when you look to him when you touch him in the realm of the spirit do you see his eyes of mercy do you agree with what you see in him? That's number one. Number two, we must recognize why we worship. Why do we do this? Why are we wholehearted every day? Why do we get up and choose him even when it's hard? 
Why do we give all of our lives, not a portion, but every single aspect? Why do we sit under the fear of the Lord where he sees and knows all and we stay there? Why do we do it? It's because he's bigger and he's greater. He's creator God, creator of the universe. Within him holds all divine strategy of wisdom. Within him holds a love that does not run out. Within him holds power that is limitless. That is why we worship. So we remember this, that it's not just a song, right? It's not just a song. It's a lifestyle. And what that does for you, cry out, that's okay, go ahead, cry out. <laughs> what that does for you when you understand your, your reasonable service to offer yourself as a living sacrifice, you're, you're the sacrifice. He's made the ultimate sacrifice, but what costs you is your life. And when you bring him your life, he is the God that promises that he could take what is not going well and turn it into what is going. He is the author and finisher of our faith. He is the one that said, the thing that I started in you, I will bring it to full completion. That is God. It's why we worship. It's because we know that when, yeah, the Bible says, yet while we were still sinners, he died for us. That's why we worship. We offer him thanksgiving because of it. And the third, we must recognize how to worship. Unfortunately, in North American society, we have created, worship has sometimes become an idol where we worship worship, not the creator. We worship the songs. It makes us feel a certain way. We dance a certain way rather than worshiping, as the Bible said, in spirit and in truth. I love what it says in John. It's a long story, but bear with me. It's the woman at the well with the, Samar the Samaritan woman, John 4, it says this, that Jesus, wearied by his long journey, sat on the edge of Jacob's well. He sent his disciples into the village to buy food, for it was the afternoon. Those guys were hungry. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said, give me a drink of water. She interacts with him. Surprised, she said, why would a Jewish man ask a Samaritan woman for a drink of water? Jesus replied, if you only knew who I am, once again, can you see him? And the gift that God wants to give to you, because once again, we worship because of the gift that has been given to us. When I got married, I got many gifts. Some I liked, some I didn't really like, but I got many gifts. Tell the truth, right? Some I didn't really like. But it was honoring of me to send a thank you note for what I've received. Just like that. And God, we say thank you. If you only knew who I am, the gift that God wants to give you, you'd ask me for a drink and I would give you living water. The woman replied, but sir, you don't even have a bucket and this well is very deep. She's looking at all the practical stuff. So where do you find this living water? Do you really think that you are greater here? This like, do you think you're greater? Yes, he is greater. He is bigger. Do you think you're greater than our ancestors, Jacob, who dug this well and drank from it himself along with the children and livestock? Jesus answered, if you drink from Jacob's well, you're going to be thirsty again and again. But if anyone drinks from the living water I give them, they will never thirst again and will be forever satisfied. For when you drink the water I give you, it will become a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit springing up and flooding you with, with endless life. Oh, gosh. 
The woman replied, let me drink that water so I'll never be thirsty again and I won't have to come back to this to draw water. She's like, I want that. That sounds good. I want to be continuously satisfied. Give me that kind of water. Then we have the plot turn right here. Right here. Jesus then said, okay, go get your husband and bring him back here. What does that have to do with the water? You just told me you're going to bring the water. I'm going to drink the water. What does it have to do with the water? Go get your husband. But I'm not married, the woman answered. That's true, Jesus said. For you've been married five times and now you're living with a man who is not your husband, lady. You have told the truth. One translation says you're in fact a prophet. So tell me this, why do, she goes on to say this, why do our fathers worship God here on this nearby mountain? But your people teach that Jerusalem is a place that we must worship, which is right. Jesus responded, believe me, dear women, the time has come, hear this, when you won't worship the Father on a mountain, nor in Jerusalem, nor this way or that way, but in your heart. Your people don't really know the one they worship. We Jews worship out of our experience, but for it's from the Jews that salvation is made available. But from here on, turn to somebody and say, here on. Worshiping the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but with the right heart. It don't, don't matter. You could be at the Maverick City. I'm not hitting on Maverick. Elevation, whoever. You could be wherever. It's not about that, but it is about worshiping out of the right heart. For God is a spirit and he longs to have sincere worshipers who will worship and adore him in the realm of the spirit and in truth. Then the woman said what many of us say. Okay, this is all so confusing. I just don't, like what? But I do know that the anointed one is coming, the true Messiah. When he comes, he will have, he'll tell us everything we need to know. And Jesus said to her, you don't have to wait any longer, lady. The anointed one is here speaking with you. I am the one you're looking for. So today I want to submit to you and I'm going to release the senior highs to go. When you get a moment, you can slip out. Paul's going to take you to your class. I want to submit to you today that when we are worshiping in spirit and truth, we are engaging our whole being, our hearts. We're engaging our hearts. We're not engaging just our mouths. We're not just engaging in a, in a rhythmic experience of song and dance. You can go to the karaoke bar for that. We're engaging with a God that loves us, who has our names written on his hands. A guy by the name of Peter Lewis, and I'll close with some of this. He says this, praise is such a powerful weapon because it invites the authority of God's throne, which is righteousness and justice, to establish wherever we are, whatever circumstance we find ourselves in. But not all praise is created equal. Praise is personal. It comes from the heart. And in order for praise to be praised, it has to be connected to Jesus. Hear me on that. In order for praise to be praised, it actually has to be connected to Jesus. Because what we worship outside of God would only yield to disappointment. The things that we say, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Oh, la, 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 la. That, is, that is temporal. But praise that is truly praise is connected to Jesus. 
So we're going to go back into a time of praise and worship. And I want to just encourage you. It's so funny. I think I'll do a study on this, and I'll probably preach it at some juncture in the year. When you look at the, um, the words that you see in both New Testament and Old Testament contexts for praise or for worship, you got words like Barak, to kneel and bless the Lord, to bow down. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will be continuously be on my mouth. I will bless. I will bow down before the Lord at all times. His praise, Tehillah, will continually be on my mouth. That takes humility. That takes that saying, you are God and you are greater. I bow low. I'll give you another one. Maybe I'll give you one or two. Halal, not to be confused with halal meat. It says to be clear, to shine, to boast, to show, to rave. How many people rave? You were on the clubbing scene. You were ravers. Halal, okay? (laughs) To celebrate, to be clamorously foolish. Bible says in 1 Chronicles 16, 4, then he appointed some of the Levites as ministers before the ark of the Lord to invoke, to thank, and to praise Halal, the Lord God of Israel. So as New Testament believers, when we're talking about, what's that song you were saying? Taste and see, he's turned my mourning into dancing. I mean, those are moments in light of the cross, in light of the fact that your name is written on his hand, in light of the fact that he sent his son for you, blood was shed. He got up to make sure that you, you obtained the gift that he had sent for you. We halal. We look foolish before him. It's like David danced and his wife criticized him. Because he looked foolish, because he danced before the Lord. Tehillah, I mentioned it, is to sing praises, sing out the spirit, sing out in the spirit spontaneously. We see this in Psalm 22:3. But you are holy, oh, you are enthroned in the holy place where the praises, the Tehillah of Israel, are offered. In the holy places, where are the holy places in your life, where you offer up spontaneous songs before the Lord because your heart is singing a melody that cannot be crafted in a song. Just there, you're just like, God, you're enthroned upon my praises. Only you are holy. I see you and I agree with who you are. So many other are our language. Zamar, just to touch the strings, to make music with instruments, mostly rejoicing. It's where you see scriptures like, praise the Lord for his miracles. Praise him in the night. Praise him on the timbrel. Praise him on the lute. Praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him. Zamar. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'll close with these three scriptures, and then we're going to go right back into time. 1 Peter 2, 4 says, you yourselves are like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus. 1 Peter 2, 9, For you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own possession. We belong to him. We don't belong to this world. We belong to him. That you may, you are his possession, that you may Proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once again, it's focused on the cross. You are his possession. You are now a royal priest. The one He has marked you 
He's brought you out of darkness into light. Once you were not a people, once you were not a people, once you had not received mercy, you were not a people one day, you were not his people, and you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Can you see the merciful God? In the last scripture, Revelations 1, 6, to him who loves us, oh man, and has freed us from our sins by his blood. And he has made us a kingdom of priests. One, one translation says he has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. To him who loves us and has freed us. Once again, church, that's why we sing. That's why we dance. That's why we show up on time for church so we can participate in the corporate setting where we all get to thank God for what he has done. This is why we exist, that we may be enjoyed by God and that we would enjoy him. And we get that in the place of worship, corporate worship through song. So I wanna invite you to stand because the Lord is doing something different in 2023 in our seeking after him. Because worship costs you through worship, in worship, in the corporate setting, in, in song, it actually costs you. You can make a decision that you don't want to do it. Just, you know, I don't know if I feel like doing it. I just feel like showing up to church when the message is being preached because then I can just get what I got to go and I got to go home. Because worship actually causes you to have to lean into the realm of the spirit and to touch, a, 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 to touch God in the place of the spirit, to begin to see him like Isaiah did, high and lifted up. It is no natural transaction. It requires you. But our God is greater and our God is bigger. I want you to close your eyes for a moment. I'm going to pray for you as we go back into a time of worship. That you would see him. That you would agree with him. That you would know your why. And that God would begin to transform your heart in the place that he has actually crafted for you in worship. So Father, I thank you right now for each one. God, I thank you that you are growing us as a church. Father, that we are kicking aside all wineskins, old wineskins, the things, the ruts, the routines, the things that we just do, that we don't even have to think about it when we do it because we just do it out of routine. God, I thank you that those things are being put aside and this is a new day. Come on, open up your heart to God this morning. Begin to ask him to see him. God, we pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to come right now. Father, for the deepening, the deepening, the deepening of intimacy and intimate worship, God. Father, we pray for eyes to behold you in a new way in Toronto City Church. God, we ask for hearts that say, God, I give you everything. I don't care if I look foolish. We offer that up to you right now. We choose you, Jesus. Holy, holy are you, Lord God Almighty. Worthy is the land, worthy is the land for you. Holy, holy 
Sing out your own words. He is worthy and he is holy. Even if those are the only words you have, those, that's enough. He is worthy and he is glorious. He is holy. Day and night, night and day. 
Thank you. 
you, God. This is a privilege. This is an honor. It is an honor to enter into the presence of God. It's an honor to lift high the name of Jesus. That God is beckoning us. He's inviting us into a deeper place of, of adoration, a deeper place of worship. You know what I'm saying? Where it's not just about a song. It's not just about a word. It's, it's about our hearts. Our hearts being surrendered unto God. Our hearts being fully accessible to God. Where we walk into this place and our focus is on Him and Him alone. Not even what we can receive, but what we can give unto the Lord. And that's why we sing things like... I know it's repetitive, but this is, it's, it's our offering up to God. That God, we, we give you honor, and we say, Lord, that you are, you are a blessing. God, we give you glory, we give you honor forever and ever. How many of you guys know that, that in, in the book of Revelations it says that, that they're up there and they're singing holy, holy, holy. Do you think they get tired of saying holy, holy, holy? No, because with each holy, the Lord is revealing different as aspects of who he is. And that's my prayer, that God would reveal different aspects of who he is that would cause a cry in our hearts to rise up, singing holy, 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 worthy, worthy, worthy. Amen? Come on, God. Amen. I just want a friend of mine, uh, Toyin, she just felt something that she wanted to share real quickly uh, to bring us into just something right now in this moment. We're just going to bring an offering of praise to the Lord this morning. Praise the Lord, Psalm 150. Praise God in the sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heaven. Praise Him for His mighty works. Praise Him, His unequaled greatness. Praise Him with a blast of the ram's horn. Praise Him with a lyre and harp. Praise Him with a tambourine and dancing. Praise Him with strings and flutes. Praise Him with a clash of cymbals. Praise Him with loud clanging cymbals. Let everything, let everything, let everything, let everything. One. You are the rock of ages. You are the ancients of days. You are the one who was and who is and who is to come. There is no one like you, Jesus. You are the one who founded the earth. You are the one who founded the heavens. You are the rock. You are our God. And we lift up a sound of worship and a sound of praise to the one who is worthy of our praise. Shout out to God, let's give him the praise. 
for a moment just as we were declaring freedom I just saw like it was like a cover that came over 2023 that the Lord would break the chains and that the Lord would shift people out of certain things certain habitual things that this would be a year marked with a fresh level of freedom but it was in the place of wholehearted abandonment. It's in the place where you say, God, I give you my life, I give you my worship. I worship no other God. I give my eyes to no other thing, not pornography, not music that's borderline, not endless scrolling, not Netflix, whatever the case may be. But the Spirit of the Lord says that he is wanting to bring a fresh level of freedom. He is coming to break the weightiness off your life. Some of you are stuck in a sluggish, sluggish, sluggish cycle. And the Spirit of the Lord is saying he's coming to break that. I'm asking my brother, where'd you go? Oh, Pastor Samuel to come and pray into that. Because I actually feel like some of you will look back. I saw the picture of us standing in New Year's Eve of 2023. And some of you looked drastically different because of this thing called freedom. But it requires, it costs you all. Our cost is little compared to the cost of the cross. But the cost of all in our life is saying, God, I give you all areas, even the areas that I'm ashamed of. So we're going to pray. Come on, just raise your hands up to God right now. And if you can pray in the spirit, come on, just start lifting up your heavenly language. Come on, church. We are engaging with the spirit of the Lord because the word says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So we are making room for the spirit of God. Come on, church. This is your moment for freedom. And God wants to do it. So God, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over every cyclical sin right now. In the name of Jesus, 
God, it is for freedom that you set us free. So we call an end to pornography right now. In the name of Jesus, we call an end to cyclical sexual sin. In the name of Jesus, right now, we call an end to cyclical drinking, obsessive drinking. In the name of Jesus, right now, we call an end to drug abuse right now. In the name of Jesus, you spirit of death I call an end to you in the name of Jesus spirit of suicide right now in the name of Jesus I call an end to you then the spirit of death spirit of death in the name of Jesus spirit of death and lust in the name of Jesus with the authority that Christ has given me I cast you out in the name of Jesus. Come on, if that is you, no shame in this place. Raise your hands up to God right now. If you've been struggling with the spirit of death, suicidal thoughts, if you've been struggling with depression, if you've been struggling with just feeling like you don't belong, come on, just raise your hands up to God right now. Come on, high, 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 high. If you've been struggling with hopelessness, where you feel like there's no hope for tomorrow, Come on, raise your hands up high. Despair, raise your hands up high. Second call, if you've been struggling with cyclical sin in your sexuality, if you find yourself struggling with sex, cyclical sin in your sexuality, raise your hands up high right now. It is you and God. It is you and God. Don't look to your neighbor. Don't look to the left and to the right. There is no shame in this place. And I want you to repeat after me. Spirit of death. Come on, church. If you're not struggling with it, you are going to fight for your brother and your sister. As if, as if it was you. Spirit of death. Yeah. Spirit of death. And spirit of lust. Right now. I command you to leave my life in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You have no authority. You have no place in my life. I've been bought with the price. I've been bought with the price. I've been bought with the price. Come on, just raise a shout of praise to God right now. close your eyes all over the room father right now we thank you that your word says that they that are sons and daughters of God are led by the spirit of God so right now father we and everybody knows where you're at you know where you're at we choose to follow the leading of your spirit I just speak to your spirit man to rise in this season season of fasting and prayer may your spirit may you be strong in the lord and the power of his might 
So take a moment. I want you to just receive strength from the Lord right now. You may have to open up your hands. You may bow. You may sit. I don't know what you want to do. But the book of Acts, in Acts 1, it says that we receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. So you have to receive and you have to take what the Lord has given to you. So right now, all over the room, Father, I thank you for grace and strength to come to each one. Father, where we are weak, bring strength to the feeble needs. Where we feel like we're in a cycle of the things that we don't want to do, we do, and the things that we want to do, we don't do. God, bring strength and grace to follow after you. Father, give us the strength to resist temptation and to say no where in times past we have said yes. Father, I ask that you would help us to make decisions that are in line with righteousness and to hate wickedness, to to set aside the vile things and to pursue you, the Holy One. So we thank you. We commit this year to you. God, we commit this year to your leadership. In fact, we pray out of Proverbs 3, we trust in you with our whole heart. We lean not on our own understanding, but God, in all our ways, we acknowledge you. And we thank you that you direct our paths today. And we thank you for that today in Jesus' name. Come on, if that's you, I want you to say amen. God, I, be- I agree with that. I focus on you. I trust in you, God. I wanted to do one last thing before we ended. Once again, different Sunday, you know. I think we're going to be marked in 2023 with different Sundays, you know. Sometimes we're, we're, too, we're too attached to the two songs, three songs, transition. Hi, welcome to Toronto City, you know. And we need the Lord to move us where he wants to move us. Um, I felt like the Lord was something I couldn't get away from. I made mention of it in first service. Watch me with this on my, my thing. I actually saw a meme um, on social media this week. It was a pastor uh, out of the States that was talking about how people dress to come into worship. And he was like, you know what? If you're going to worship the Lord in a true biblical fashion, you got to wear things that allow you to worship the Lord in a true biblical fashion. He's like, don't show up with a tight dress and a, you know what I'm saying? Like if you can't, or don't show up in shoes or that you can't, you know, you're going to have to kick off your shoes or you're just going to have to dance through whatever you're wearing, which is true. And I, I encourage you when you come, put on something. And if you're comfortable in the tight dress, wear the tight dress, but worship the Lord your God. Because this is a year that is worship. We're going to worship. We are going to worship. We're going to talk about it until you're looking at me and you're like, can we talk about something else? No, no, no. We're going to talk about our Lord in the context of worship. So I felt like the Lord said this. Um, he actually told me this. He said, they, you will start with the trickle and then it will grow throughout the course of the year. Where we are to invite those of you that feel called And some of you are already on this boat, so don't worry about it if you're already in the track, that are called to the place of intercession and in the place of worship to begin to engage with that in the house. Why is this? Because we are a prophetic house of intercession and a prophetic house of worship. 
I was talking to Ewell Crawford, who's going to be here next week, Prophet Ewell Crawford. And every single time he speaks to us, every time he's in town, this man is like, you are a house of David. And we're like, we know. Every time I talk to him about what's going on, last night I was talking to him and he said to me, so how's the intercession in your house right now? He said, how's the prayer? How's the worship? Where are the worshipers? And I felt like the Spirit of the Lord said to invite some of you to engage in intercession in a new way in 2023 and in prayer. This is not a call for volunteering. This is a call to be disrupted in the evening of the night two o'clock, three o'clock, five o'clock to get up and to begin to contend for what the Lord wants to do. Every great move of God is preceded by intercession, a sound, a call, a cry. And I felt like the Lord said, and we did this in first service and we had a few stand at the altar. I saw some men at the altar. I was like, come on, need the men in the place of prayer and intercession. We need women. We need men as well. So I want you to close your eyes for a second. I want you to actually ask God. Because I feel like there is an army that is rising in this house that will lay a foundation for a new day of the glory of God dwelling here and beyond. Our city needs it. Our nation needs it. But we've got to get to that place of finding him. As the Bible talks, the hiding place of his glory. So I want you to ask the Lord, God, are you calling me? I I mean, obviously all of us are called to prayer, but are you calling me to intercession in a fresh way? To intercede, to stand in the gap, to weep between the porch and the altar, whatever you may call it, or to a place of worship. And it may be that language, Zamar, out of your skill, whether you play an instrument or you sing, to come and be a part of the beginnings of a house of prayer and a house of worship. So I want you to ask the Lord, and there's no pressure because the Lord told me, like, don't, don't look for the crowds on this one. Just look for those that are going to begin week after week to come and say, hey, I'm willing. I'm willing to be trained in prayer. I'm willing to give my heart to finding him and to standing before him. So if that is you, I want to invite you to just come to the altar real quick. I just want to pray for you real quickly. And once again, don't feel the pressure. This is actually just something the Lord told me to do. Because he said that we're going to start to see a remnant emerge out of our church that are going to begin to stand as burning ones in the place of his presence, to cry out to God in the inconvenient moments of time, to say, God, would you dwell here? God, would you, would you come upon our children? This Sunday, we did a, a thing in the, in the kids' ministry. Rebecca Adjaman is back there leading our children in worship because we believe As the Bible says, one generation shall shout your praise to another generation. We've got to start them young. For you at the altar, just raise your hands. Everybody else, stretch your hands out to these ones. Wow, Jesus. Father, right now we just thank you for what you are building here at Toronto City Church. Father, that you have called us a house of prayer for all nations. House of David. House of Joseph. And Father, we recognize that you do need an advanced moving party. Those that will stand in the night and in the day. Those that will cry out. Those that will give themselves wholeheartedly, Father, to your call. Whether it is one hour, whether it is two hours, whether it is once a week. Those that will lay the bricks upon the bricks, Father, in the place of worship and prayer. 
Father, I'm asking right now that you would awaken their hearts. You would give them strength where they feel so weak or they feel like they don't have the time or they don't know how you're going to do it. But today they say, yes, God, I'm asking, would you rest upon them in a fresh way in this season? Would you summon them in the night hours? Would you lay upon them a heart for the city, a heart for the nation? I bless their eyes to see what is happening in the realm of the spirit so they can pray accordingly. For the worshipers, God, may they come forward. May they be like the ones that volunteer in the day of your power and not hold back in timidity. We ask for fresh boldness and courage in this hour as we begin to build the desire of your heart here. So we bless them right now. Come on, church, just bless these guys. Just say, God, more. Fill their hearts with wonder. Fill their hearts with awe. God, strengthen their family life. Strengthen their finances so that they can do what they need to do in this place. And Father, we thank you for right now, for the families that are going to get up in the morning and consecrate times, for the little worshipers that will come out of this, the little ones that will be gathered in the house to worship the Lord, to pray. We bless these ones. We bless what you're doing here at Toronto City Church. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And for those at the altar, just say amen. Just God, I receive that. I receive that fresh grace for this season. Amen. Amen. We're going to build a house. <laughs> I say that and I laugh and I shudder because I feel like it's the light of, the delight of God for a corporate dwelling place. A place where people will come from the nations. This, these have been the prophetic words. And they may be here for a season, but they will find him and they will find rest. And we get to be a part of that. So we will be following up with what, how we're going to do it. But we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Amen. I just want to pop a couple of things before we go. Um, next week, Prophet Jane and Yule are going to be here. Um, how many people actually know who they are? Many of you don't. You're in for a wild treat. Um, they're really great friends of ours. In fact, he's one of my mentors uh, in the prophetic. They're from our pastor's church, Bishop Flynn and Lady Carolyn in Atlanta. Um, and they, I mean, he's walked as a prophet for so many years. Honestly, I feel like he's a hidden gem in, in America just because he carries such um, depth in the prophetic. He's an OG and just really, so many people have, have commented, you know, one of my other mentors, Mama Cindy Jacobs, um, quoted him, you know, in her book, like he's just a legit man of God, prophet, and him and, and um, Jane, his wife, have spearheaded their prayer network in Atlanta. So they have a lot, a lot of great um, 
resources. They're just a gift to the body of Christ. They're going to be with us. So they will be with us on Friday evening. Uh, This coming Friday evening, we will be having a service. If you have children, you've got to register your children for online for kids ministry because it is quite limited. So if you're coming on Friday night, register your children. We're going to start, I think we're starting at 7.30. I think, double check that, either 7 or 7.30. 7.30, yep, 7.30. And he's probably going to go 7.30 to 9.30, maybe stretch it a little bit to 10. And then what we're going to do from 10 to 1 in the morning is do our night watch. And we're going to pray. We're going to cry out to God. We're going to worship. Um, we were talking about it as a staff. And, and, and secretly, we're all laughing because we know that he's probably going to prophesy all night long. Like he's just that type of machine. Just get in there and prophesy over people and minister to people all night. So we don't know when the end of the service will be. We'll officially close for parents. When the end of the service will be and when the beginning of night watch, it may just be 1 o'clock. We end and whatever happens in between is great. So we want to invite you to come to that. For those of you who are in School of the Spirit Level 3, you know we have a class, uh, a master class with him in the morning on that Saturday. And for those of you who have ever taken School of Prayer or School of the Spirit, he is doing a master class in the afternoon on that Saturday. You do need to register. You should have gotten an email about that. Or if you're part of our servant leader community, um, or if you're just like super, super desperate to be there, just hit me up, email me, and I'll, I'll squeeze you in. That'll be Saturday afternoon, and then they will be with us with our Sunday services. One other thing I wanted to pop was um, Encounter. Encounter registration has gone live. So for those of you who've never been on Encounter, we're doing one at the end of the Women's Encounter is the end of March, and the Men's Encounter is just the weekend after that. We're super stoked about it, like super excited. I'm actually really excited about this encounter because I just feel the momentum of God building, and I think it's going to be an awesome time together. Um, and just a reminder for us as we close, uh, for those of you who are involved in the CAP course, that is going to be running um, right after service. For those of you who are in my class, School of the Spirit Level 3, we are also running. We will be in the nursery. CAP course will be in some other costume, not quite sure, down the hallway, uh, but you can find it there. And lastly, every week we give, and, um, you know, we don't pass baskets or anything like that, but we know that as we, our lives are not our own, and as the Lord has so generously given all things, his son, to us, we are faithful to just give, uh, to further the work of what God is doing here and abroad. You know, we're super excited that we get to bless so many other ministries outside of here because of your generosity. And in 2023, we want to up that. We want to be a blessing globally in the move of God and what God is doing. Amen? Amen. So if you want to stand, close your eyes. Father, we think you can stand. A lot of standing, a lot of sitting, a lot of standing, a lot of sitting. Just consider you this your cardio for, you know, the week. Come to church and, you know, who needs a gym membership? Just come to, come to Toronto City Church. Dance before the Lord. Uh, Father, we just thank you for every household that stands before you in the corporate assembly. God, I thank you that you love us, that you lavish your love. Father, your word says that as we constantly use our faith, that the very life of Christ is being formed in on the inside of us and that the resting place of your love is becoming the very source and root of our lives. So, Father, I just speak blessing over families as they go. I speak blessing over individuals as they go. Father, may we find joy as we completely surrender to you in our personal worship. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Greet someone on your way out, and we will see you next week.